episode is a little bit different to what I normally do. It has a lot more legal jargon in it. I've tried to include more cases so that it can relate to real life because it very much is a prevalent topic that needs to be discussed and it's just really interesting to me to see all perspectives of this. So I'm going to be talking about Nazi tattoos and if they are legal. starting off by introducing some other hate groups and some other white supremacist groups that exist which the same concept can be applied to is it legal or is it illegal to get their logos and their symbols tattooed on your body so first we have the mississippi aryan brotherhood the mississippi aryan brotherhood is a large racist prison gang based in the mississippi state prison system Despite the similarity of its name, it actually has no connection to the original Aryan Brotherhood based in California and the federal prison systems. The logo of the Mississippi Aryan Brotherhood consists of a highly stylized rendition of a combined A and B. Next, we have the Moon Man. The Moon Man is actually a meme derived from a character in the 1980s. McDonald's restaurants also had it in their commercials, and this was appropriated by white supremacists, especially from the alt-right, who attach it to racist songs, racist language, and racist imagery. Next, we have the Ma Holocaust, M-U-H. It is an anti-Semitic phrase popular with the alt-right, used to convey the bigoted notion that Jews routinely bring up the Holocaust to gain attention or to deflect negative attention. Next, we have the National Alliance. The National Alliance was the largest neo-Nazi group in the United States in the 1990s, but today it is only a bare shadow of its former self. Lastly, we have the National Rebirth of Poland. The National Rebirth of Poland is a Nazi-like right-wing extremist group based in Poland and has some followers in the United States. Illegally displaying Nazi symbols in Germany can be punished by three years in jail. The ban broadly exempts art, but which from works are allowed to show swastikas, SS sig runes and such is more often a matter for debate. Displaying Nazi emblems in Germany naturally is complicated even without the USK's guidelines for age rating or for game content. The USK is the software self-regulation body. So that is displaying it um, online. In Germany, the law actually considers swastikas and SS sig runes as the symbols of anti-constitutional organizations. Displaying them publicly or selling goods or tattooing them, for example, is illegal. The Nazi salute and statements such as Hail Hitler are also banned in public. With the rise of right-wing parties across the world also comes the concern over whether the law responds appropriately to extreme right-wing ideologies. Since this area of the law may restrict people's freedom of expression, it is an area which has to strike an adequate balance between the right-wing believer's freedom of expression and the disrespected party's right to freedom from discrimination. 
This podcast is more interested in the borderline cases than those which are clearly cases of absolute extremism and potentially right-wing terrorism. Such cases, as the case of Adam Thomas and Claudia Patatas, which is covered in The Guardian from December 2018, are clearly covered by the law, and there is little room, if any, to make an argument relating to a violation of their freedom of expression. But what about the less clear cases? What is enough to make it punishable? Is a tattoo of a swastika enough? A combat 18 tattoo? A tattoo of Hitler? Do actions or words need to accompany these expressions to make them criminal? This podcast will first look at the law commonly used to cover anything in this area of extreme right-wing ideologies, and then we'll examine whether a tattoo in itself would be enough to attract criminal punishment. So the law commonly used to prosecute the display of an extremist right-wing symbol and propaganda can be found in the Public Order Act of 1986 and the Crime and Disorder Act of 1998. But, as Newman and Racco point out, English law, quote, does not have bespoke offences for dealing with right-wing or Nazi symbolism, end quote. Therefore, the law discussed below, and the law that we are going to talk about, deals more generally with instances of hate speech and not significantly with right-wing symbolism, although this may fall within the law's general scope. So I'm going to read out a few sections of the Public Order Act 1986 and you can skip ahead if you don't want to listen to the legal information and me reading from the Act but this really helps with that argument. So section 5.1 states a person is guilty of an offence if he uses threatening or abusive words or behaviour or disorderly behaviour or displays any writing sign of other visible representation which is threatening or abusive within the hearing or sight of a person likely to be caused harassment, alarm or distress thereby. An offence under this section may be committed in a public or private place, except that no offence is committed where the words or behaviour are used or the writing, sign or other visual representation is displayed by a person inside a dwelling and the other person has also been inside that dwelling. It is still an offence for the accused to prove that he had no reason to believe that there was a person within hearing or within sight who was likely to be caused harassment, alarm or distress, or that he was inside a dwelling and he had no reason to believe that other words or behaviours or signs or writing or visual representation being used would be heard or seen outside of person with the dwelling that his conduct was reasonable. Section 5 of the Public Order Act of 1986 seems to mark the lowest threshold of the display of right-wing symbolism needs to cross, and this is seen in Newman and Racco. The radically aggravated version of a S5 offence can be found in S3.11c of the Crime and Disorder Act of 1998. This states that a person is guilty of an offence under the section if he commits an offence under the section of 5 of that act, harassment, alarm or distress, which is radically or religiously aggravated through the purposes of this section, 
Although the law does not make it explicit and does not have an explicit reference to right-wing symbolism, but instead infers and refers to a more general instance of hate speech, the court has not been shy to use the sections above that I just mentioned for display of right-wing symbolism or propaganda. In Norwood v. DPP, the court did not accept the excuse of trying to gain members for a political party or that there was no evidence that any member of the insulted religious group had seen the display for the display of a poster discriminating a religious group and advertising for a political party within that. In this case, Norwood, the defendant, was found guilty under both S31 and S32 of the 1998 Act. But in Norwood and other cases, for example, Kendall v. South East Magistrates Court and the case of Thomas and Patatas, as I mentioned earlier, the symbolism was accompanied by words or clear actions. So what about a tattoo? Since the Section 31 cases seem to usually involve a clear stated racist or discriminative phase, it is probably the best thing to do to assume that if tattoos fall under any of these sections, it would be S5 of the 1986 Act. But do they fall under the S5 or do they fall short of the requirements? So the S5 claims that 1. A person is guilty of an offence if he a. uses threatening or abusive words of behaviour or disorderly behaviour. The key here, and let's decipher this a little bit, the key word that we're going to talk about is OR. Since a tattoo does not necessarily mean the tattoo of a racist slogan, but is usually confined to the display of an extremist symbol such as a Nazi swastika or a sign of a right-wing extremist group like I spoke about before, um, for examples, we can talk about the Northwest Counterterrorism Unit's Guide on Extreme Right-Wing Symbols, Numbers and Acronyms, which is a really good website and link for you to find other symbols. Next, we have the law stating B. Displays any writing, sign or other visible representation which is threatening or abusive within the hearing of a sight of a person likely to be caused harassment, alarm or distress thereby. So a tattoo would most likely count as visible representation and it can certainly be threatening for a member of a minority group to see that tattoo since it represents an ideology that disrespects their existence. But what about the within the hearing or sight of a person likely to be caused harassment, alarm, distress thereby? Norwood seems to imply that this is not the key factor, since there was no evidence that any Muslim had seen the offensive poster in that area which it was put up because it had little to no Muslim inhabitants. But even if this requirement would have been satisfied, going on the tube with a tattoo openly or in a mall or in a public area, showing it would probably count since the area is used by a diverse group of people anyway. Next, section 2. An offence under this section may be committed in a public or private place, except that no offence is committed where the words or behaviour are used, or the writing or sign or other visible representation is displayed by a person inside a dwelling, and the other person is also inside that or another dwelling. Since the offence may be committed in a public place, for example, our tube example or our bus example could hold up. Next, it is a defence for the accused to prove that he had no reason to believe that there was any other person within hearing or sight 
who is likely to be caused harassment, alarm, or distress. The defendant would have a hard time doing that with the Nazi tattoo and seeing someone wearing, for example, a hijab sat across him in the tube. Next, that his conduct was reasonable. Now this is where it was quite hard for me to come to a conclusion or an explanation. So I think that this reasonableness defense could become a way out. Many symbols now commonly associated with neo-Nazism or just Nazism in general originate in other cultures and have a much more positive association in these cultures. For example, the BBC in January 2005 and October 2004. Having a tattoo of a swastika with it being intended to relate to its previous connotations may be reasonable. Another option to claim reasonableness would be to argue that the tattoo was made as a part of an effort to reclaim Nazi symbols that were taken from other cultures and give them back to their previous meaning. The Learn to Love the Swastika movement is a good example for such a movement. This is seen and you can read further on this in the Huffington Post published in November 2013. Though it may become harder and harder to use this excuse, the more right-wing tattoos a person has, especially if some of them are affiliated with the right-wing extremist groups that are still active, the harder it would be probably to use this defense. So if a tattoo could fall under S5 of the Public Order Act 1986, can it? My answer is potentially, but it is likely to be prosecuted. I think that is doubtful. I have no legal knowledge, but in my opinion, from what I've read, the tattoos needed to be discovered and someone needs to report it, and even then the prosecutor may exercise his discretion. It may also be seen as more beneficial to refer to some cases to see the de-radicalization program, which is part of the government's prevent strategy, rather than bringing them before a judge and let people walk away with a fine. The likelihood of them learning something from having to spend a few minutes in front of a judge and paying a fine is rather unlikely when they have already gone as far as getting an extremist tattoo tattooed and inked on their body forever. The lack of reporting cases on concerning only tattoos and no accompanying words or actions pointing towards it being unlikely that individuals with such tattoos are prosecuted for them. However, in my opinion, this does not make tattoos any less disturbing, and it does not erase the possibility of them falling under the S5 of the 1986 Act. I used a lot of sources for this, so I'm just going to read out the sources that I used and the cases that I used. So the first case I used was Norwood v DPP, 2003. Next, I used Kendall v. Southeast Magistrates Court, 2008. I used the cases of Thomas and Patatas, Holiday and Josh. And this is the UK couple who named baby after Hitler were jailed for terror group membership. The Guardian, Guardian News and the Media, 18th December 2018. The legislations that I used were the Public Order Act of 1986 and the Crime and Disorder Act of 1998. The academic writing that I used was Newman and Racco, quote, undesirable posters and dubious symbols, Anglo-German legal solutions to the display of right-wing symbolism and propaganda, 2011, end quote. I also used some news articles, so I used Dodd, Vikram and Jamie Gerson, quote, fast-growing UK terrorism threat is a far from right, stay police, 
in 2019, 19th of September. Next, I use Origins of Swastika from BBC News, BBC 18th of January 2005. I used Campion Mukti Jain, How the World Loved the Swastika Until Hitler Stole It, BBC News, 2014, 23rd October. I used Meredith, Meredith Charlotte, Learn to Love the Swastika, Tattoo Parlors Aim to Take Back Symbol from the Nazis in the New Scheme. This is from the Huffington Post, 8th November 2013. Learn to love the swastika. Tattoo parlors aim to take back symbol from the Nazis in new scheme. I also used, quote, extreme right-wing symbolism, numbers and acronyms from the Trafford Council. 